I believe we would all agree that the final words of Christ or, or any person, uh, of course, uh, prior to the death carry what? Great significance. And uh, this was never more true than in the case of uh, Jesus, our Lord. Uh, Jesus was nailed on the cross at 9 o'clock uh, in the morning. And he remained there until 3 in the afternoon. And during those six uh, terrible hours of unspeakable suffering, he made seven statements, which I call the seven uh, wonders of the cross. And I present these final words of Christ as seven meditations uh, to prepare our hearts uh, for the celebration of Easter uh, next Sunday. Over the next seven days, uh, I'm asking you to take five minutes each day on these daily meditations that you find there in your sermon uh, notes. Uh, and as you uh, take these five minutes to reflect on these meditations, let it be a time as we approach Easter where you have the opportunity to begin to admire and adore and simply appreciate Jesus for the great and wonderful salvation that he provided for you uh, through his death burial and resurrection. So I hope you picked up a copy of the sermon notes and uh, we will be dismissing our children just a little bit later in the service for their children's worship but uh, everyone right now together let's look at that first meditation in your sermon notes uh, the Monday meditation the uh, meditation that you would reflect on tomorrow and that is that the cross is God's instrument of pardon. Uh, the cross is God's instrument of pardon. In Luke 23, uh, verse uh, 34, we read, But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. You know, as a pastor and as a counselor, I meet people virtually every day plagued by guilt over past sins, which, of course, they know cannot be undone. Uh, they live with the shame and the regret of their sin, believing often that forgiveness is not possible. But notice, here at the cross, we see man at his very worst, guilty of the greatest crime ever committed in history. Because he nails to the cross the only perfect, sinless man who ever lived. The Holy Son of God who came to this world in the appearance of a man. And as they're driving the nails into the very hands of Jesus, as they're driving the nails into his feet, Jesus prays not for judgment, but for what? For their forgiveness. And the verbs used in the Greek text indicate that Jesus prayed this prayer over and over and over again. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Look there in your notes at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. It says, He, Jesus, referring to Jesus, poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered 
with the transgressors, referring to the two thieves that were crucified on either side of him. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Notice, he made intercession for the transgressors, not only those who were literally nailing him to the cross but to all transgressors of all time, including you and I. So when Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, he was saying, Father, forgive Andy. And you need to personalize that. Put your name there. Now, look at the next statement in your notes. And this really hones it in on the main point. How could God answer his son's prayer to forgive sinners and still remain just. Because at the same time Jesus was asking his Father to forgive sinners, he was dying to pay the penalty for their sin and satisfy God's justice. Hallelujah! And that's the heart of the celebration of Easter. We're also told in Isaiah 53 that Jesus was what? Pierced. For our sins, he was crushed for our iniquities. He took the punishment we deserved. And again, it is so important to personalize this truth. Jesus was pierced for what? For my sins, for Andy's sins. Jesus was crushed for my iniquities, for Andy's iniquities. And Jesus took the punishment that Andy deserved. There on that cross... All my sins were placed on my dear Savior as he bore the penalty for my sin. Christ offers forgiveness as a free gift to all who will turn from their sin and place their trust in him. As a psalmist wrote, how blessed, how happy is he whose transgression is forgiven. Blessed is the one whose sin is covered. How blessed is the one to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. The cross is God's instrument of pardon. So let's rejoice now in Christ's forgiveness as Andy comes to lead us in just a beautiful worship chorus Uh, that you're all, I believe, familiar with. You are my king. And, you know, part of the chorus reads, Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would what? Die for me. So let's worship him now for that amazing love. Amen. We do invite you to stand, but if you'd rather sit and worship the Lord that way, that's perfectly fine too. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted, you were condemned, and I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me, because you died and rose again. Can you sing it even louder to him this morning? I'm forgiven. 
At this time, we will uh, dismiss our boys and girls for uh, what we call kids' praise on uh, our children's worship. If we have any guests and you have children, they are more than welcome uh, to participate. Simply release your child to the vestibule. Leadership, pick them up there, and they go directly below us uh, for children's church. Uh, before I share the offertory prayer, let me mention that we uh, did lose uh, uh, wonderful Wilmer Hagler this uh, past uh, week. Uh, Wilmer is uh, Jenny Merritt's uh, father. Jenny, of course, uh, our pianist, uh, Kathy's taking her place uh, this morning. So uh, please be in prayer for uh, Jenny and her family in the uh, loss uh, of her dad. Also, I noticed uh, Jimmy Blanton's in the service with us and his beautiful wife. She just gets prettier and prettier. But what happens to you, Jimmy? I just, just don't know. But, but we're so thankful. I think most of you are aware. We've been praying for Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy uh, has had a bout with, uh, with cancer, and he just recently got a clean bill of health, cancer-free. So, Jimmy, we... And I also understand... Congratulations to do that uh, y'all grandparents again, right? Uh, your youngest daughter adopted a child, so uh, we rejoice in that and we praise God. So it's a joy to have you uh, in the uh, service with, with, with us. So uh, bow with me in prayer, and then men, if you would come receive uh, this morning's offering, and then we'll begin to move through the remainder of these meditations. Uh, Father, what a joy to have uh, Jimmy uh, with us. Uh, as we've uh, prayed for him these many, many, many months now. And uh, what wonderful news uh, to know that he is cancer-free. Uh, Father, uh, uh, we, uh, we love him. He's precious uh, to this association, and he's uh, meant so much to our churches as he's invested his life and his heart uh, into our ministries. And also, of course, the... Uh, Ministry of Mission Columbus and its uh, many uh, offshoots. And Father, just continue to bless him and his dear wife, Anita. Let them uh, know your goodness and your, your mercy that you promised would follow us all the days of our lives. And Lord, truly let Jimmy's latter years be his most fruitful years in your service. Uh, we pray for uh, Jenny's uh, family uh, in the loss of uh, her dad and, the, of course, the kid's granddad, and we pray that they would know the ministry of your love, that they would know your peace, and that you would meet uh, every need in their hearts uh, and in their lives. Thank you now uh, for the opportunity uh, to worship you through our gifts. And, uh, Lord, as we just reflected on Christ's forgiveness of our sins, uh, Lord, it is that great love that great act of forgiveness that motivates us to look for creative ways just to show our love for you, just to express our appreciation to you. And we thank you that one of the ways we can do that is through the giving of our tithes and offerings and special gifts. And so, Lord, I pray that as we give, it would never be out of mere duty, but it would be a delight. It would be an act of worship, uh, just an act of joy as a way to demonstrate just how much we value you, just how much we love you. So receive these gifts with, from that attitude and with, from hearts of appreciation and use them that many, many others might come to know the preciousness of our Lord. For it's in his name we do pray.
Go back to your notes, and uh, we've come to uh, Tuesday's uh, meditation, which, of course, looks at Christ's uh, second statement uh, while hanging on the cross, which teaches us that the cross is also God's gateway to paradise. Uh, the cross is God's gateway to paradise. As I mentioned earlier, Jesus was crucified between uh, two thieves. He was numbered among the transgressors. Um, after hearing Jesus pray uh, for the forgiveness of those who had nailed him to the cross and realizing that he was a sinner in need of God's forgiveness, uh, one of the thieves uh, says to Jesus, remember me, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, was his second statement from the cross. In Luke 23, verse 43, we read, Truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. What a beautiful, beautiful promise he gave that thief. Truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. You shall be with me in heaven. You know, I, I've always loved one of the uh, statements that uh, Jeremy Williams, I, I've, he's often made uh, uh, when he gives a talk. He says, uh, I have ALS and I'm going to die. And then he'll pause and then he'll just simply say, and so are you. <laughs> and the question is, are we ready for death? Do you have the assurance that if you were to die today, that you would have a home in heaven. Look at Romans 10, 13. And would you please circle, underline that first word, whoever. What a wonderful invitation. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Look at the next statement in your notes. And this is what the thief teaches us. No person, no matter how vile, is ever beyond the reach of God's mercy. Because heaven is obtained, what? Not on the basis of works, but it is the free gift of God's grace. Think about that. The thief never had an opportunity to perform a single good deed. He was never baptized. The thief simply acknowledged he was a guilty sinner, deserving of God's punishment, and then he placed his faith in the mercy of Jesus. As a result, this vile sinner gained the assurance of heaven in a transaction that took less than 10 seconds. Somewhere in heaven, right now, there's a Grinning ex-con walking the streets of gold. No one would ever have given this guy a prayer. But in the end, a prayer was all that he had. And in the end, all it took was what? A prayer. A prayer directed, of course, to the right person, to Jesus the Savior of all men. 
Now, bad as he was, the thief on the cross represents all of us. We may not be guilty of robbing a bank, but every person in this sanctuary this morning has robbed God of his glory by serving our own self-interest and not giving him our attention and our affections and our allegiance, which he is worthy of. This is why the Bible says, what, all have sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. We are all sinners deserving of eternal punishment, but the cross of Christ provides a gateway to paradise. I ask you again, do you have the assurance if you were to die today that you would have a home in heaven? I'm going to ask Andy to come. We're going to just sing the great old hymn. What a better hymn to what better hymn could we sing right now in light of what we've just briefly looked at? When we all get to heaven. Amen? When we all get to heaven, because that's the assurance you can have through a relationship with Christ, not on the basis of your efforts to gain his approval, but on the basis of that free gift of grace that he extends to you as he extended to the thief on the cross. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace in the
Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Our Wednesday meditation, which of course focuses on the third saying of Christ from the cross, which teaches the cross is also God's bond of partnership. The cross is God's bond of partnership. In John 19, verses 26 and 27, we read, When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, and of course we know this was John, Behold your mother. Uh, We're also told in that same passage that from that very hour, John took Mary into his own household and provided and cared for her the rest of the days of her life. Immediately prior to Christ making this statement, when you sort of correlate the four Gospels and try to put everything together, it appears that the soldiers were dividing among themselves Jesus' clothing. And there would have been five pieces. There would have been the headpiece. There would have been his sandals. There would have been the outer robe. There would have been the belt that he used to hold that together. And then there would have been the katan. The katan was an undergarment that literally was woven by the hands of each and every Jewish mother for her son and was presented to him at adulthood. So this was something that was extremely precious to Mary. Uh, We're told that she actually wove the katan for Jesus out of one piece of cloth. Now capture the scene. It's extremely powerful. Mary is at the foot of the cross. At her side, the Apostle John. Four soldiers at the base of the cross begin to divide the five pieces of clothing, but they face a dilemma. Who should get the fifth piece of clothing? The katan, which was the most valuable piece, the most expensive piece. And the decision was made by the casting of lots. When the soldiers touched the katan, which Mary had woven with her own hands for Jesus, her heart, as you can imagine, would have been pierced with unspeakable pain. Jesus, though being tortured on the cross, feeling his mother's pain, turns to her and in infinite tenderness says, Woman, behold your son, referring to the apostle John. Then he turns to John and says, Behold your mother. In effect, Jesus was saying, John, you are to adopt Mary, ask your mother, take her into your home and care for her. Now, what is the lesson that we can 
take from this for us today. It's that the cross of Christ binds all believers together into one family. We are family. Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples. How? By your what? By your love for one another. We, here in the body of Christ, in the family of God, we are to demonstrate a love that overcomes racism. A love that unites us in the midst of diversity. A love that is greater than our differences. There is no place in the family of God for unforgiveness. There is no place for bitterness. There is no place for prejudice. And to do so is to make an absolute mockery of the cross. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 and 16 says it all. And I've given it to you in the paraphrase, the message. Uh, It really captures the, the essence of the thought. It says, he, Jesus, tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of hostility. The cross, and don't ever forget this, it not only has a vertical beam that reconciles us to God, but it has a horizontal beam that reconciles us to one another. Look at the next statement in your notes. Whoever God accepts as his son or daughter, I am obligated to receive as my brother or sister. Amen? Amen. Reflect on that a moment. Whoever, whoever, black, white, red, yellow, regardless of the economic status, regardless of their background, whoever God accepts as his son or daughter, I am obligated to receive as my brother or sister. Listen now as the choir shares a beautiful song simply entitled At the Cross, Hallelujah. And as you reflect on the cross and the wonder and the power of the cross, reflect on that fact that there's not only that vertical beam that reconciles to God, but the the horizontal beam that reconciles us to one another. Is there anything between you and another person that needs to be made right. True believers don't build fences, they tear them down. True believers build bridges. They unite peacemakers as far as is possible with us. So reflect.
look at a uh, Thursday's uh, meditation, uh, which brings us to the fourth uh, wonder of the cross, and that is the cross is God's guarantee of his presence. Uh, the cross is God's guarantee of his presence. Matthew 27, verse 46 says, In about the ninth hour, that would be right at about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus spoke his first three statements uh, during the first three hours uh, on the cross. At noon, we're told that darkness uh, fell on the earth as if nature was mourning for the death of its creator. From noon to about three, there was an eerie silence until Jesus broke the silence with his loud cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The term cried out is a very strong word in the Greek text. The word was used to depict a guttural scream or the roaring of a lion. Now imagine the scene. Darkness covered the earth at noon, followed by three long hours of nothing but absolute silence. Then suddenly, Jesus burst the silence with his piercing scream, which literally reads, My God, my God, why me have you forsaken? The Holy Son of God who throughout all eternity had known nothing but his Father's perfect love was now abandoned, forsaken by his Father. Why? Because as our sin bearer, remember, our sins were placed on Jesus. He who knew what? No sin became sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Because as our sin bearer, Jesus became the object of His Father's wrath. Jesus endured being forsaken by his father as he paid for the wages of our sin, which is separation from God. He did this so that today we would never have to doubt his love, never have to doubt that he is with us and that he will never forsake us. Look at our Lord's promise to us. In Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, He Himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. 
The next statement in your notes really says it all. While Jesus was on the cross, God the Father treated His Son as if He lived my sinful life. So He can treat me now as if I had lived Christ, what, sinless life. God the Father forsook His Son then so that He would never forsake me now. The cross is God's guarantee of His promise. Andy's going to come now and lead us in that great old hymn, leaning on the everlasting arms of God. But realize that the reason we can lean, the reason we are embraced by a love that will never let us go, a love that will never fail us, never forsake us, is because of the suffering Jesus endured as he bore the penalty of our sin, and as he endured being separated from his Father in those moments as our sin-bearer. So folks, we have a lot to rejoice about, a lot to be happy about. So let's with joy sing with full hearts. Good Friday uh, meditation, uh, we see that the cross is God's proof of his pathos, his ability to suffer with us, to sympathize with us. Uh, John 19 verse 28 uh, simply reads, uh, Jesus spoke, he says, I am what? Thirsty. I am thirsty. That statement reveals the humanity of of our Savior, that He became one of us, and because He did, He understands 
our human frailty and weakness. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all the same testings as we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Look at the next statement in your notes. It was not Christ's deity that thirst, but his humanity. I have a Savior who can sympathize with my weakness and pain. So where is Jesus when I hurt He is inside me, weeping with me, interceding for me, and sustaining me by His grace. What a beautiful thought that He became one with us. That as we, through the blood, come into the presence of God, we come to our great and faithful high priest who is our what? Brother! The Bible says... Although he was equal with God, Jesus did not consider equality with God a thing to what? Selfishly grasp. But he emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a bondservant. And being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to the point of what? Death. Death on the cross. And then it goes on, wherefore God has highly exalted him and now given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So let's do that right now. Andy's going to come lead us in a beautiful chorus entitled Jesus uh, the Messiah. And uh, as we sing, let's praise Him for who He is. Praise Him for His willingness to leave heaven's glories and come to the ghettos of this sin-cursed world. Not only that He might die for our sins, but He, he might get live in our flesh to understand what we go through so that He can sympathize with us now and to give us the confidence as we come. He understands. He understands. And He meets us in His love.
Saturday's meditation, uh, we will discover the cross is God's method of debt payment. The cross is God's method of debt payment. Uh, John 19.30, Jesus cried out, it is finished. And I think most of you know that uh, that term in the Greek text was actually an accountant's term. It literally means debt paid in full. And I've always loved what Brother David has to say about this saying. And I think most of you have heard him. He always refers to this at a funeral that he, that he gives. He'll say, notice he said, it is finished. Not I am finished. Uh, but the work that he came to accomplish uh, was finished. The debt paid in full. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 reads, He, Jesus, canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Reflect on that a moment. Personalize it. Jesus canceled the record of Andy's charges that were against me. And he took it away by nailing it to the cross. And then they were buried with him to be remembered no more. To know his pardon, to know his love and forgiveness. Notice the words canceled out. You may want to just circle that word canceled the better translation would literally be to wipe off. Uh, it's like erasing a, a blackboard clean. That's exactly the thought here. God is offering you, what? A clean slate. If you will only put your trust in Jesus Christ. Look at the application in the next statement. How many of you have ever said this? I just can't forgive myself. Anybody want to admit it? <laughs> I just can't forgive myself. But if I admit God forgives me, yet I do not forgive myself, am I not belittling the work of Christ on the cross? If holy God is fully satisfied by the offering of Christ for my sins, why can't I? Folks, that's a good word for many of us. And especially those of you that are struggling with this. Again, if holy God, holy God is fully satisfied by the offering of Christ for my sins, why can't I? And would it sort of be the highest degree of arrogance not to? The cross is God's method of payment. And not only, not only, what beauty in this, not only does he cancel the debt of sin you owe to God, but then he credits to your account all the righteousness of Christ. Wow. Cancels the debt out. He doesn't stop there. Then he credits to your account before the holy God all of the righteousness of Jesus. And that's why the Apostle Paul says that I might be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own derived by the law, derived by works, but the righteousness which is mine by faith in Jesus. 
Again, he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Listen as Andy comes now to share with us uh, a beautiful solo, a song that we're all familiar with but you never tire of. It is finished. Amen.
we come to the Easter Sunday meditation, uh, which is on, of course, Christ's uh, seventh and last statement prior to his death, which reveals the cross as God's way to resurrection power. Uh, the cross is God's way to resurrection power. Luke 23, verse 46, and Jesus, uh, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. The words, I commit, they literally mean in the Greek text, to make a deposit. The words, I commit, Father, into thy hands, I commit my spirit, literally means to deposit. Father, I deposit into thy hands my spirit. And here's the significance of that. The proof, the proof that God was satisfied with the deposit. The proof that God was satisfied with the offering that Jesus made as payment for our sins was the resurrection of Christ. As God snatched up the payment, signifying transaction complete. Transaction complete. It is that resurrection power that can forgive my past sin, overcome my present problems, and secure my future home in heaven. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Look at the last statement in your notes. God wants the resurrection to be more than a historical event. I celebrate once a year at Easter. God wants me to daily experience the power of the resurrection in order to walk in the newness of His life. The cross is God's way to resurrection power. Andy's going to come and lead us in a beautiful worship course entitled Christ is Risen. We will let this serve as our invitation. And I will stand at the front. You've heard the gospel. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, if you've never made your heart His home by inviting Him in to forgive you of your sins, to take control of your life, to give you a home in heaven, I would invite you to come and indicate that that is your desire, that that is your profession this morning. If you're a believer, however God has spoken, you just respond. But let's all worship right now in this final course. And again, I'll stand at the front. Possibly here, I've been visiting, want to unite with the church. You come. So please stand as we sing this last beautiful worship course that will serve as our invitation.
Jeremy has a message for you. I think uh, all of you we've been uh, promoting that this Saturday uh, be having one of Jeremy's uh, what they call tenacious concerts. Uh, Dave's Highway, Miles Garrett will be in concert, and uh, Jeremy will be uh, speaking. And God has used these concerts to reach many young people for Christ. Uh, all the proceeds, they take up a love offering, goes towards FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So uh, right here, so you hit it. Do you realize hell is the highest reward that the devil can offer you for being a servant of his Billy Sunday? As most of you might know, we are having a tenacious concert here at Edgewood Baptist Church this Saturday at 6 p.m. We have been blessed to have these concerts around the Southeast, and now I get to have one in my home church. Amen. Performing will be Phoenix City native, American Idol star, Garrett Miles. He is blind, plays the guitar, and sings with an awesome country voice, with an amazing testimony. Also performing will be Internet Sensations Dave's Highway. You will be blown by their voices singing contemporary Christian songs. Plus, and best of all, you will get to hear an outstanding, <laughs> dynamic, superb, great looking speaker and Jeremy Graves. <laughs> Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Uh, Charles Hunt came down just asking for prayer. You know, being a soldier for many years, he said, you know, there are things that still plague him from the past and just needing to, to just know that sense of God's forgiveness and peace. Uh, Linda came forward asking prayer for a nephew along the same lines. Uh, a soldier just struggling with some uh, issues in his past, sort of in a time of crisis right now, that uh, we would pray for him to know God's uh, deliverance. And then we have one of our young soldiers and his beautiful wife uh, coming forward to unite with our church. This is Shannon and Clayton Williams. Uh, they're from uh, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. I don't know if you've noticed it. I, I've I've mentioned this often. It's a you know we have a lot of soldiers that come through the through the church from uh, Benning, and there must be something about the state of Texas and patriotism. Uh, there there almost been a disproportionate number from Texas, but we're glad to have you. Glad to have both of you, and they are a precious precious couple. They uh, love the Lord, and uh, uh, Clayton's going through a, just a lot of different training. Uh, right now in uh, preparation for what the har Army has for him. I, I believe you're a, a Texas A&M graduate. Yes. Sorry, sorry, son. But, uh, uh, but we love you anyway. Again, what? The, the cross is God's bond of partnership. You know, a love greater than our differences unites us in our diversity. So uh, 
it's, uh, we trust God will richly bless them while they're here, grow them, and of course, uh, use them. So uh, again, we uh, are so thankful uh, for God's leadership in your life. And if you would go ahead and begin making your way out to the vestibule. James, if you'd sort of pick them up, and I'll be out there in just a moment, and uh, uh, where our people can uh, express their love and appreciation. It's uh, been a great day uh, of uh, worship today. Thank you uh, for your presence. It looks like James has something. Okay, there is a uh, meeting for those interested in the Romanian mission trip this year, 6.30. Where's it at? 6.30? The Soldier R&R Center over in the Christian Life Center where the gymnasium is. So that's 6.30 tonight. Oh, I'm sorry, 6.30 Tuesday. 6.30 Tuesday over in the R&R Center. So even if you're interested, I, I understand they actually need about six or seven more individuals to go to even make the trip possible this year. And so even if you're remotely interested, please go, and we'll even help you uh, raise the funds that you need to be able to, to make it uh, on the trip. So uh, bow with me in prayer, and uh, trust you'll be back uh, tonight with your little ones for Awana, and of course, Jonathan's teaching on the resurrection, and then of course, the Tenacious Concert Saturday and then Easter this next Sunday. Father, thank you uh, for your amazing love demonstrated for us on Calvary's cross. May we now walk worthy of that love, and we only can do so by your grace and power at work in us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.